This is a Solitaire Media original podcast. Hello, welcome to the Galway podcast. This is Fender Jackson. This is a special Christmas edition of the Galway podcast. It's actually an interview not carried out by myself. I went along to the Galway Bay Cycling Club's Christmas party on the 7th of December in the Dewdrop Inn. And it was a big celebration because it was looking at the achievements of everyone over the past year. And one particular member was of great note. And that was by Karen Cassidy. Karen had shattered the result for the fastest female to cycle from Mizzen to Malin Head. She broke that record with a time of 21 hours and 43 minutes and 3 seconds. So this is a very special interview with Karen Cassidy. The person conducting the interview is Galway Bay Cycling Club's Sean Hernan. About two years ago, Sean broke the men's record with 17 hours and 20 odd minutes. And unfortunately, that record has been broken since. But Sean has got great intentions to reclaim the throne for that. I will post a interview with Sean next week and also other members of Galway Bay Cycling Club. Uh, they'll be explaining what it is that they're all about and how to become a member, should you be interested. So this interview is really picking over the prep work that Karen underwent, the challenges that she faced, and why she would ever dream of doing this again. The audio quality, it's okay. It's not the usual Galway podcast fantastic quality that you're used to, maybe. It's um, recorded from the phone, just sitting on the chair in front of these two people. So I did the best that I could with that. But what we really get is the atmosphere of the room. And that's really important, I think, for this interview. Okay, so let's go straight to that chat. Band, wrap it up. This is the Galway Podcast. So, Karen, uh, I'm delighted you're here tonight uh, because it is important to recognise Karen's achievement on behalf of the club. She's done some fantastic achievements. I'm hoping we can put a small light uh, or more on what she's achieved in the last number of years. Um, I know firsthand how much of an undertaking it was to, uh, you know, firstly undertake a plan to take on something like Miss Malin and secondly to actually t- pull it off and beat the record so um, but I'm hoping like I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to actually I have loads of questions for you and I, I, I've deliberately held off kind of contacting you since the records because I have loads of questions and Liam you told me could I interview and I was like uh, I said yeah delighted but um, I would have reached out to you sooner but uh, I have loads of stuff I, I'm genuinely curious myself to understand and how she went about the record and uh, to learn more about your achievements um, you have achieved so much and I think it's fair to say like uh, on behalf of like from a female cycling perspective 
and a generous cycling perspective. I think a lot of people really look up to you, and uh, Galway Bay in particular are really, really proud of you. So. <laughs> Uh, so we might just kick off, like I know that so the big focus will come back to the Mizzen Mallon cycle and how you achieved that and undertook it, but I'd like to go back like maybe just to, you know, let's kick off by saying how did you, when did you first get into cycling? I know you've a triathlon background, a bit of like 2017 ultra stuff, but when did you first become curious and get into, you know, cycling? Um, well, my background is triathlon yeah. and I kind of uh, figured from... Uh, from the start like that sprints and Olympics like were just you know if you weren't vomiting you weren't going hard enough and it just wasn't my thing you know? <laughs> so I kind of half arm man full arm man like I just was in my comfort zone yeah. and then myself and Joanne Murphy decided to set up a team uh, to do race around <coughs> Ireland I think it was in 2017 and oh it was such fun oh my yeah. goodness I went. it was 2200 kilometers around you've done it you've done it solo yeah. Um, uh, it was a great race. Uh, at the end of it, I kind of I could have done it again. Yeah. And I was with three other girls, and I suppose we did probably six or seven hundred kilometers each uh, over the eighty hours. And uh, I kind of said, oh, geez, "This is my thing." Eighty-two hours, no bother staying awake. Um, at the end, of it, I could have kept cycling. So I knew I was in the right direction. Yeah. And um, so after that, we did, uh, with the same team, we did uh, um, Donegal 555. Um, again, loved that. And then Mondello came up, and that was 24 hours going around in circles. <laughs> and uh, uh, people, people go like, well, how can you go around circles for 24 hours? Like I said, well, I could, well, be, yeah, yeah. I could be, I could be at home, you know, cooking and cleaning for my kids, or I could be here going around in circles for 24 hours. It's, it's, a, it's a no brainer, you know. And, uh, yeah. I was kind of. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, like, so like, I just played that out. So the, the Montel course is what? It's, it's like three, three and a half kilometers. About three and a half kilometers, yeah, yeah. Round and round and round. For round and round and round. But it's, you see. It isn't exactly as it's yeah. it's it's lumpy. It's um, it's it's quite technical. It's very open, so it's quite windy. Mm. So um, you can't really you're not you have to be alert the whole time. And yeah. of course, you've got uh, loads of other riders that are flying around you. And so it, you know it's it isn't you, you can nearly you nearly zone out from Mizzen to Mallon, but for yeah. Mondelli you couldn't really cause, yeah. because it was windy, wet, technical, whatever. But um, Oh, super event. I mean, if anybody ever is thinking about dipping their toes in endurance racing. No, genuinely, even as a team, it is a super well-run event. And you don't have the logistics of having to organise a crew or routes or anything. You're literally going round in circles, you know. But, yeah, it's, it's I mean, I brought uh, the Connacht girls there last year and with Steph and Joe and um, we had great crack, like. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was fun. And it was eight girls that... Had, some of them were only started cycling on a turbo during lockdown and had never even clipped into two weeks before the event oh, and super like so I mean if you ever think of dipping your toes into anything go for Mondello super yeah. and I like yeah, it's I, I, I honestly I'm trying to get my head around like three and a half kilometer track for 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, 
I, you know, I've done ultra events, and I, I don't know if I could do that. Honestly, it's just it's 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 a really like that in itself. It's a mental challenge to keep it continuing is. doing. It is, yeah. and to be honest, as you know yourself, like the whole endurance thing is mental challenge. But during lockdown. We had a 5k radius, right? Yeah. So, in fairness, <laughs> what was the best part of it? So, I, I did one day eight hours on the uh, Mycullen Road. So, Mycullen Road is yeah. uh, four kilometers. So, for eight hours, up and down, up and down, up and down. And people were stopping me and asking, like, is everything okay? Like, <laughs> you know? Because, like, they dropped the kids off to whatever, and four hours later, I was still at it. Like, it's quite easy to cycle for, for eight hours, but to do the same route, it's kind of just trying to <coughs> focus the brain to to concentrate, just to kind of, because if you don't concentrate, suddenly the speed start going off, and then you start feeling niggles everywhere, and it's just kind of just to train the brain to, to be bored, and to keep doing the same route. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Everyone's shaking their yeah, heads. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's you, yeah, that's yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you. Um, but like, so, with the 2017, so you got into the, it was it was you, Joanne, and was it Marie and Bree? Marie and got Breach, the, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you had like a four-person team. Yeah. Right, and was that the first time for the ultras, like for you? Yeah. Was oh, it, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and did you know then that you planned to go solo? Well, I said to Joanne something I wanted to do, but I knew okay. that, that I'd have to kind of go as a team first. Yeah, okay. So we sat down the first time, and we'd been following... Uh, different people had been doing the race around Ireland and we said, yeah, listen, let's go for it. But yeah. I knew my long-term thing was, yeah, I'd like yeah. to go myself. You okay. can't really go yourself until you do the team first and yeah. get a feel for it. Okay. And, yeah. So you always had the knowledge. So, okay, so like in, I guess, coming back to the Miz and Malin thing, like when did you, when did you know you wanted to actually have a crack in it? Or, or um, when did you make the decision? I suppose the first time I did Mondello, I said, yeah, I just put a crack at it, but yeah. I need to see if I can cycle for 24 hours yeah. first of all. Okay. And so I, when I did Modelo the first time, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm ready for it now. I, yeah. I, I can do it. But it, I think the logistics side of organizing Mondello or Mizzen to Malin is much harder than actually cycling it. Yeah. Kind of, you know yourself, getting the crew together and organizing the commissaires and cycling Ireland yeah. and uh, the route, the wind, the weather, that's... It's well, yeah, no, I, I agree with you entirely, actually. But I, I suppose people don't realise that. Do you mind, like, um, if for the benefit of everyone here, like, what, what do you, like... The, there's a phrase, I suppose, like, the, the, the hardest part is getting to the start line. And yeah. I think that's really true for something like Miss and Malin. So, like, and I found that from my prior experiences, the just reaching the start line is very hard because the days before in particular are very hard but like yeah. how did you find that the the organisational bit well, of it you were like, the first person I rang yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we, we over and backed a few times and I actually we zoom called and yeah, yeah and in fairness like uh, without you I couldn't I could because you, you, you had great tips and stuff that you wouldn't even think about um, uh, you put me in the right direction you know and uh what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so what about like what about what are the what are the rules that the special rules that apply for this? Like, so yeah. you have to give Cycling Ireland three weeks notice. Yeah. And so if I decide to go tomorrow at five o'clock, that's one application. And then if I decide to go at six o'clock in the morning, that's the second application. So I think I put in thirty applications over a three-week period. Yeah. So kind of. 
can get five o'clock and six in the morning over three weeks and uh, so once that's in and they've recognized it and accepted it you then have to you can just go okay but you have to then have your commissaire and yeah. your timekeeper with you so it's it's a big ask to ask, and then of course your crew. It's a big ask to ask anybody and to give up so, three weeks yeah. of their and life. And you know? So so what what is the role of the commissaire and the timekeeper? So the commissaire makes sure that you don't break the rules. So the rules basically are that um, you can't get any help from the car beside you. He has to be your crew have to be outside the road, and they can pass stuff to you while you're on the move. Um, and the crew car has to be 25 meters behind you. And any race I've done before at nighttime, our crew car literally is on our back wheel. So you're traveling at nighttime and you've got their light and your own light, which is super. And I didn't really realize how much 25 meters was <laughs> until we left, we left um, uh, at six in the morning and it was pitch black. And we, we just got the tail end of the storm we went on Monday the 25th, so there was a storm on the Sunday and a storm on the Tuesday, so we went on Monday, kind of in between the two storms. But when we took off, we got the start, the end of this storm from Sunday, so it was really windy, really dark, and uh, the car was 25 metres. And the commissaire, he's a bit of a stickler, and he just said to me, Karen, you, go, you know the rules, and I won't even tell you you've broken them, I'll just be gone. He oh. said, so, so this is in the back of your head, like, yeah, you know, yeah. is he still there? Is he still there? You know? I know, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. At Salt Hill Media, we record the life stories of older people as a gift for their future generations. We appear to be the only organization on the island of Ireland providing this service. What does that look like? An older person sits and answers questions about their life stories. For instance, what were their holidays like as children? Where did their parents meet? And what were their jobs? Where's their final resting place? And what about their parents? And so on. This is a perfect gift for people who hit another milestone. For example, a retirement gift, entering a new decade, a significant wedding anniversary, or it could just be a regular gift. The clever thing about this is that it is a time capsule to be enjoyed for future generations to come. Some people say, but my life story is not that interesting. It is interesting to those who follow after you. Other people remark, I could do this myself. We say, and so you should. However, more often than not, these life stories do not get recorded, so we advise that you go to salthillmedia.com and book a recording session for three months' time. If, in three months' time, your recording has not happened, then we will do that for you. Go to salthillmedia.com today to book your life recording. Thank you. This is the Galway Podcast. So what I found was, because I was used to pork, has been, Benson has been my um, uh, crew chief uh, for years and driving the car, and he's, I'm quite happy, happy with him sitting on my back wheel. So he was 25 metres. So 
you go around a corner and you, you just hit a, a black wall because your light, you know, your light is following you and just for a split second you hit a black wall or if you go up a hill, there's a split second where you hit a black wall until your light catches up. And previously I'd, I've always had his lights from the car, but literally half an hour into, into the spin and uh, over the distance I saw a movement on my right hand side and I said, what is that like? And it was kind of traveling a similar speed to me and uh, it was, it was uh, it was a deer. And, uh, and of course, and, uh, on a bike. <laughs> With lights. Yeah. And of course, as soon as, soon as he was literally uh, uh, as close as my hand, like there, and as soon as he spotted my lights, then he came across in front of me, you know. Did he indicate? But, um, Did you give a text, please? <laughs> yeah, that was it was pretty cool, though. But, uh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, apart from that, person. And um, so, like, you mentioned crew there, like, do you mind touching on, uh, I know it's like an important part of the whole, like, who did you have as crew and I had, uh, how important was that on the day? Um, I had Port Benson as my driver and I had Robert Keneally as my navigator. And uh, you were, I had to have a crew in place for the whole three weeks that I'd applied. And uh, so Pork was happy enough um, about being available for the three weeks. But my navigator, my initial navigator was going to be my um, a mechanic as well. And he could do the first week and I had somebody else that would do the second week and I had somebody else then who would do the third week. Yeah. So I went on the third week and um, <coughs> yeah, because it, it is, it's, your crew is, is your lifeline, like, and, yeah. it's, and I know myself personally. I always, you feel awful asking people, and yeah. people generally enjoy it. Like they generally enjoy being part of the crew, but yeah. you still hate asking. You know yourself. Yeah, I, I know. I know you're like it's only certain times you can go to the well, but it's yeah. actually for the. I, I used to find that it's the, for as a crew member and yeah. as a participant, it's the, it's actually a huge adrenaline rush. Yeah. From start to finish, yeah. if I must say, and. Uh, Anyone that ever takes part in this is like I think they don't ever turn around and say they didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's what you found or not. But uh, like, <laughs> it's kind of funny yeah. on on the finish line and uh, now on the finish line uh, at Open uh, Mallon, we we hit the storm that was coming. Yeah. And uh, literally for the last an hour and a half, we 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 gale for a storm, and on top we couldn't even stand, and we didn't even realise how bad it was until we got out until we actually landed on top. And we're kind of literally trying to hold ourselves upright. So in the picture, everybody says, "Jeez, the two lads look worse than you." Yeah. <laughs> they looked like they cycled. They looked really fresh, you know. But the lads were wrecked, you know. Yeah. Like, okay. And to be honest, the only time I've ever crewed was for the Mondello girls um, last year. And I've done Mondello twice, and I've sat in the passenger car afterwards, and gone home, no bother, fresh as a daisy. And after crewing for the eight girls, I got into the car and I was supposed to keep the driver awake. Within five seconds, I was asleep. And I just, and I kept trying to stay awake and I couldn't. And I just, like navigating and crewing for, or crewing for somebody is so much harder it, than I cycling. I agree with you, yeah. Cycling, totally you've nothing to think about except yourself and just cycling yeah. and spinning the legs and eating. Whereas the crew, 
particularly on something like Mizzen to Malin, and they're trying to navigate, yeah. and they're trying to think about your food, and they're going up beside you and saying, oh, she in good form, is she, how is she doing, you know yeah, what I mean? And, absolutely, yeah. and, and I think that's true. And I, I actually uh, crewed for someone this summer, and I totally agree with you. Yeah. It actually is harder, yeah. sitting in the passenger seat, trying to read navigation sheets and uh, it's very hard it's 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 super important um so like i suppose what how did you find just turning to uh maybe something like nutrition what to do uh um, what, did, what was your plan? What, how my plan was something yeah. I, I, I'd done all along um, was Perpetuum and so um, use Perpetuum and then every six hours I'd add solid foods and it's worked every yeah. race I've ever done Yeah. And but for some reason it just didn't work this time okay. and I don't know what happened whether I picked up a stomach bug or what happened but from the first bottle it just didn't work doesn't work but I had I had all sorts of food in place in case it didn't work because yeah. as you know yourself the nutrition is the hardest yeah really is. cycling is easy yeah. it's the nutrition is 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 by far the hardest so I had to I had to change tack I had to just literally dump the um, liquid food and go on to electrolytes and solids so yeah. it meant my plan was not to stop and it meant I had to stop um, every six hours just to try getting in solid foods and so kind of it changed the whole tack for the day it meant that I had to bring down the pace because liquid foods you can keep the pace up and yeah. you can break down the, the, the liquid food but when solids you need to be at a slower pace to be able to digest yeah. the solid and foods. And did you find this like at a certain time of the race like the wind did that happen? Oh straight away within the first oh, okay. bottle okay. and it's never happened before and yeah. I've, the same nutrition that I've used for everything and uh, but you talk to anybody who's into this yeah. this stupidness they say the same thing that nutrition is i like i yeah. watched your i watched your documentary the bear and listened to different podcasts with you and you've you've yeah. battled with it as well no it's, absolutely I, I i i look i'm totally i think it's the hardest part yeah. you can you can boost your power you can boost your speed in many ways but nutritionally it's the, it's often is the hardest part yeah. i find uh it's it's, it's it's such a tricky bit yeah uh, because you can like it's the body and i often find it's after like six seven hours as in beyond what you can train for yeah. normally that's when it hits you yeah and that's the tricky bit because it's like you think you're good and then it hits you yeah you know? but um before before yeah. 12 hours in i get tired of eating yeah i kind of go oh i just couldn't you can get full and tired yeah. whereas this time i actually felt like vomiting i just said oh this is i can't take it so it was literally trying to find something that i could get calories from that didn't make me feel sick yeah so i think at like at 10 o'clock at night i said rice krispies can you find somewhere better <laughs> so i was thinking light and calories yeah. and um yeah and that worked and kind of sandwiches and stir fry but i had yeah. all that as a backup anyway yeah but it was just trying to figure what can i how can i get calories in without feeling sick yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's so impressive like i, I like their resilience because like it's always about finding a ways yeah and like i suppose at that point like was there any point during Ms. Malin that you thought like I can't do this. Or... Well, that happens every race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who says it does it is lying. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. So at least three times you're going, oh my god, what the hell am I doing? Like, like this is this is stupid. Like, you know that that I, I, I'm wrecked. My stomach feels sick. I just, yeah. But you always know that it will pass, and it does always pass. Yeah. And it might mean just stopping for five minutes, and 
uh, like at one stage I, I kind of, I just, I was at 12 hours in and I just said nothing was working, I was feeling sick and I said lads, get me an espresso or something. And <laughs> it's funny, Robert had never, had never crewed before. So he said, yeah, 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 great, great, great. And off comes. And next thing, he's, he's got a little espresso cup and he's holding it out. <laughs> and, so, and I'm going, no, that won't work. <laughs> but he said he thought he was going to pull over and have the espresso, like, you know. But at the end, he got a double espresso and he put it into a flask and he handed it to me and, and threw it back, you know. But, uh, yeah, and like, you know, it's not like an espresso to, to, to light your fires, you know. But, uh, yeah. nice. And, um... So, like, what uh, a question I often get asked, and I am curious to finally ask someone else. But uh, what do you think about uh, these long cycles? Because <laughs> you have so much time. <laughs> so I know I know. Porg's always saying to me that I spend my time looking around, like, yeah. and I do. I, I I kind of I kind of take in I take in everything, yeah. and it's kind of it's really distracting yourself, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you go for. A four or five hour cycle on your own, and you go, Oh, my knee hurts, my hands hurt, my arse hurts, everything hurts. Yeah. But if you're with somebody and you're chatting, yeah. for some reason nothing hurts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really about distracting yourself from your body and what you're yeah. feeling. And so I, I genuinely don't think about anything. I just kind of look around, oh, that house looks nice. And yeah, yeah, yeah. power, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, yeah, heart rate's okay, yeah. And I tend to just try taking everything in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, jeez. Yeah. I think I think narrow focus. I agree. Is yeah. kind of trying not to get too distracted. Yes, yeah. it's super it, important. Kind of yeah. getting your head away from your body. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. everything eventually hurts, but it's really about you're not thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, I think that's partly. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's mental strength yeah. as much as anything. It's but, yeah, hundred uh, percent mental. I know for a fact I can keep cycling. And yeah. you know what I mean? It's just eventually. It's like you know. You, you go for a, a three-hour cycle and all, all of a sudden, like, two hours, 50 minutes in, you start feeling tired, yeah. you know, I'm done. Because you decided you're doing a three-hour yeah. cycle. Yeah. And so the brain decides it's two hours, 50 minutes, yeah, yeah, I'm done now. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? And it's, it's, the brain is a funny thing, it's about tricking it all the, the time. Brain, the brain is super powerful. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, there's a lot of people here who probably are, like, um, cycling, you know, from novices to uh, people racing in the Ross, but, like, Ultra is a bit of a, it's probably still a bit outlier, mm. but like, what, what do you think, like, so I'd be curious, firstly, let's say, like, what's your training plan, like, about, like, because I think people probably assume that to do an ultra, you must, you know, train for, like, 50 hours a week or something, it's like, how, how do you do that? It's hard to have a plan yeah. when, you, when you're working and three busy yeah. lads are into sport, so it's really hard to have a plan, but consistency is always the one thing that I've always done. So, yeah. you know, I'll try and get out between three and four times a week. And I know when I started, I was going out kind of doing eight hours, you know, spins. There's no benefit to that. You know what I mean? There's, you're better off doing two, four hour spins and coming home and not feeling wrecked. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you still have to go home and cook dinner and do the laundry and go to work. And so yeah. there's no benefit to being feeling wrecked and not recovering. So, uh, yeah, I just try and be consistent. And I probably took a lot from um, Ironman training. <coughs> Ironman training is all about 80-20, like you do 80% easy, 20% hard. And I've kind of pulled that into the the endurance biking as well. So, yeah. you know, you get your, you know. So I, I'd always put my long spin on a Sunday as my key one. And okay. then I'll try and get maybe two hard ones. If you do a max session in or a, or a tempo session in if I can. And that, yeah, and that seems like kind of, 
five-ish days a week is probably consistent with most people here. Like, what? Um, what I, I, I wouldn't five. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Would you have like key sessions you want to like achieve or how, like I'm curious like well maybe the question is more like did you work you know working towards Miss and Malin, did you have like uh, did you work with a coach did you have a set plan in place like I want to get to A to Z at this time I don't work with a coach because yeah. it puts me under pressure because okay. I just have enough between the lads and work and everything I have enough yeah. kind of yeah. yeah, so I just prefer, you know, I know what I want to do, I do a bit of coaching myself, so I know what I need to do. Yeah. I don't, I have enough motivation, I don't need somebody kind yeah. of pushing me. Um, so once I get my Sunday spin out in, and then my two kind of hardish sessions in during the week, I'm happy. And I, I probably, when I was doing Ironman, I was kind of fixated on getting, you know, certain sessions in, and even when you're kind of wrecked and under pressure, you're trying to squeeze sessions in. Yeah. There's no, you kind of as you get older you realise there's no benefit to that Yeah. and if you're under pressure like and you're missing a session you've missed it just yeah. leave it leave it leave it don't try and and squeeze it into an already tired wrecked body you know and just accept it do a, a 10 minute stretch and go to bed early and get okay. more benefit out of it yeah. so I think with age like, with age you get wise yeah. you know what yeah. I mean you know yeah. I, I think when I was younger you were trying to squeeze in sessions and yeah, feel under yeah. pressure if you missed a session you felt guilty or whatever like, no, no I think that's that's important like with family like I think for everyone here is like yeah. trying to fit training around family and other commitments is yeah. often very tricky so uh, yeah with three kids it's, it's, it's you know kudos yeah. galore yeah. yeah it's very hard yeah. but like um, so where, where is your favourite training if you had to pick a training loop and you were like I'm going out for like two three hours a day this is my favourite Training loop. Where would you go? I should live in my column. Like, so yeah. in fairness, like, it's great. It's yeah. out, out to Gerard or Mam or Screeb yeah. or Shan. Actually, Shan's my favourite. Yeah. And only reason being is the roads are so busy that you'd probably meet three cars in Shan. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, the roads have got so busy lately. Like the last yeah. since COVID, like they got so busy, and I'll always dread coming in on on Uthard to my column, but. Uh, like you can just literally switch off when you're on Shan. Like yeah. I love it. Okay, and even yeah. and even Screeb is super loop. And in fairness, Galway Bay, like Walt the East, and uh, it's such quiet roads, lovely routes, and so much quieter than out or side. So you're going to next year. So you're At Salt Hill Media, we record the life stories of older people as a gift for their future generations. We appear to be the only organization on the island of Ireland providing this service. What does that look like? An older person sits and answers questions about their life stories. For instance, what were their holidays like as children? Where did their parents meet? And what were their jobs? Where's their final resting place? And what about their parents? And so on.
This is a perfect gift for people who hit another milestone. For example, a retirement gift, entering a new decade, a significant wedding anniversary, or it could just be a regular gift. The clever thing about this is that it is a time capsule to be enjoyed for future generations to come. Some people say, but my life story is not that interesting. It is interesting to those who follow after you. Other people remark, I could do this myself. We say, and so you should. However, more often than not, these life stories do not get recorded. So we advise that you go to salthillmedia.com and book a recording session for three months time. If in three months time, your recording has not happened, then we will do that for you. Go to salthillmedia.com today to book your life recording. Thank you. This is the Galway Podcast. So the Mrs. Mallon, right? Okay, like, so let's come back to that. And you, you got to the finish line. Like, did you know, how far in advance did you know that you'd broken the record? And when did you start getting that near mind? In fairness to Thomas Air, uh, I had and that you had, uh, yeah. is quite meticulous with everything. And he just said to me, he said, I'll do all the chart for you. And he says, how, uh, what time do you think of doing it? I said, oh, I said I'd be really happy if we did it in 22 and a half hours. And I said, the standard is 24 or so, um, but I would be, I'd like to do it in 22 and a half. And he said, well, I'll do all the chart. And he goes, uh, if you don't meet those uh, times for the 24 hours, we'll just call it quits. Yeah. So he done out like, but in fairness, I think it was an hour and a half or two hours all the time ahead of it. Like, so it's yeah. never, there's never an issue. But he wanted me to uh, pull the plug if I didn't reach it. And I, I kind of said like, well, you might turn around, but I'm going to keep going. You know what I mean? the same to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he was a good man to have. Like, and in fairness, he was great for. Who was the commissary? He's a former president of Cycling Ireland, uh, a Mihal. guy from Kerry, uh, Miho. Concana. Yeah, Miho Concana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's quite digital. Yeah. He wanted me to go on Sunday, and he was adamant we'd go on Sunday, but Sunday there was a yellow alert for thunder, lightning, and rain. And uh, like my husband, every time the car stopped, rang the car. What happened? Is she all right? I go like, yeah, thunder, lightning, or rain. He's gonna have a heart failure. Like if I go that, but I would have had a tailwind the whole way up. But you would, it would. So I said, I said, me hold this lightning. Yeah, what size are your tires? Twenty eight. It'd be grand. <laughs> Just don't get off the bike. <laughs> so I said, no. I said, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the Monday. I said, I, I actually want to enjoy it. And see. Michal had gone with this book, you see, and Michal, he said to me, he said, Sean took his foot off the pedal once, he said, now is that a traffic light? And he thought I might do the same thing, but uh, I, I had to be warned that I might, I might take my, my foot off the pedal a few more times than Sean, you know? But, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he, was, he, he wanted me to go on Sunday and... Yeah, well, look, I, uh, Michal's a good guy. He's, yeah. he's by the rules, but he's, yeah, he's yeah. great. And uh, so, so the weather like is hugely important for a record. You know, obviously, the tailwind for this type of stuff. Like, what? How important was that for you? 
Um, well, I was looking at the wind and yeah. uh, the kids were laughing, like, you know, the wind was all finished. Oh, geez, thank God, now she won't be talking about the wind anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, in, in fairness, now, I, for the first hour and a half, I had a beautiful southwesterly and literally yeah. I didn't even need to pedal. Yeah. I mean, I got a good look at the deer as I passed them, but yeah. I'm happy to, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was in. But uh, uh, an hour and a half in, you get a calmness, because I was in between two storms, you get a kind of a calmness between the two storms. So literally, and a lot of it I can't remember, but I kind of went over the report that Michal wrote just to kind mm. of bring it back fresh. And he literally gave me a blow by blow of the, of the uh, 21 hours. And an hour and a half in, the wind just died. I had absolutely zero wind at all. And I was kind of, I was, I was oblivious to it really when I was in yeah. there. Um, so a beautiful wind for the first hour and a half and then I had no wind but with 18 degrees when we were up the middle of the country like in September like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not a spot of rain and uh, then for the last when I got to Derry uh, the, the storm uh, hit us and massive crosswind and um, by the time we took the left turn then up at Quigley Point uh, it was southeasterly, and I hit Mal, and then I'd love your tailwind. So last uh, yeah. last hour, I had probably sixty kilometer tailwind. Mm. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Wow. So just That's the last crazy. hour, <laughs> so it kind of went from nothing to. Uh, but kind of an hour and a half beforehand, the crosswind was quite frightening. Yeah. And I was going, oh my god, like, what if I'm blown off the bike in the last hour and a half? Yeah. Like you know, I'm going. I could still walk it. I was up at the watch. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All sorts of things that are go going through your head. Yeah. Like, but, uh, but it, it is very hilly from Cork to almost towards Limerick, Kilmallock towards Limerick, and then from Donegal onwards. It's so very hilly. So, yeah. For the first 160 up to Charleville, yeah. it's climbing. And then you're nice and flat then. And then for the last, from Ennis Gillen onwards, you're yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what did you use for, uh, probably everyone's curious about bike equipment, any modifications, what did you do? Um, road bike for, on, on your, I've talked to you, I did use the road bike up as far as um, Charleville. And then I went on to the TT bike. Now my plan was um, to stay on the TT bike for maybe eight or nine hours. But I got knocked off the bike about a week before the event and it came down on my shoulder. So on my TT bike, is only 23 uh, tires. I can't put any, any wider. So the vibrations on the road up the north, were, the road is horrendous yeah. up the north. Yeah. And the vibrations are killing my shoulders. So about seven hours in, I said, oh, get me off it. I couldn't, yeah. I, there was no benefit to it. I wasn't able to keep the speed up. So I'm back onto the road bike then. And so I probably spent Two thirds on the road bike and a third of it on, on the TT yeah. bike. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah, and you're right about the roads. That you notice that from south to north. It's, it's, the north, it's, yeah, I couldn't yeah. get over how yeah. like some of concrete, like yeah, you know, yeah, and potholes, sure. and yeah, I just found on the TT bike that just the vibrations going through my shoulder was just, was okay. just uh, too much. So fun. you touched on a few there, but like uh, what would you say the highlights and the lowlights of the day? What would it be? Uh, um, oh, definitely, I, I, I love that first hour and a half like coming out of uh, Mizzen. I mean, who doesn't love a tailwind? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like, you just think you're on fire. And uh, it was dark and it was, yeah, it was just fabulous. Um, <coughs> yeah, low lights, uh, yeah, I was just, 
I was so disappointed the fact that I just the food just didn't work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just I was just so annoyed that because normally I find with any event I've ever done, the event is easy. It's fun. It's easy. I love it. I love racing. I love you know I get such a buzz out of it that generally the training is a hard bit. Um, kind of rolling out of the bed at six, seven in the morning and it's raining outside and every inch of you wants to roll over and go to sleep like but going out in those days and nobody else is out because it's too wet like that's the hard bit of these yeah, events yeah. and gen so generally racing is, is great fun so I, I didn't actually enjoy this because my stomach was so sick yeah. so yeah that was that was so that's why I want to go back and do it again So what, what, what's next for you? I mean, like, this is like a fantastic accomplishment. <coughs> Everyone's proud of you. And you, yet you want to go back again. So what, what's, what's the age? To, why, why do you want to do it? Well, I, when I was doing it, I said, oh, geez, never again. This is it now. You know, yeah. put your head down and do it right. You're not yeah. doing this again. And the following morning, Porek said to me, because we got lost in Enniskillen and uh, there was roadworks on and the nav kept bringing us back to the same spot. So 15 minutes, we, we got lost. And it's kind of funny, when I, I came home and I looked at the WhatsApp, there was 76 WhatsApp from the Galway Tri Club. Oh, is she looking for Burger King? Like, <laughs> You can just see that going around in circles, you know? But, um, yeah, so I got the following morning and Pork was, okay, we're going again. How does May suit you? And I'm going, yeah, that sounds good. Like, you know? So already, like, you know, lesson... Four, four hours later, like, and yeah, you're raring to go, like, it's, I've always said that um, endurance racing is like childbirth, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, once it's over, you forget about the pain, yeah. and you go back for more, you know? I, hear you. I, don't, I don't think that's unique to yeah. <laughs> um, No, but like, so, without a doubt, like, between uh, getting lost in a skill, and that's 15 minutes, and the commissaire said I lost about eight minutes between different roadworks. Yeah. And what I should have done for the other roadworks, I should have just picked the bike up and onto the path and walked yeah. through them rather than waiting for the, the light. But yeah, it, I just didn't, at that stage I was yeah. tired and didn't think. But also, um, so that's maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And the fact that we went so late in September with so much yeah. darkness. Yeah, yeah. So like I've noticed I love racing at night time. Absolutely love it. But you think you're flying it. Yeah. until you look at the, the speed and you're not yeah. whatever I don't know what it is and everybody says it that you actually seem to go much slower at night time you do it's just it's, it's a mental thing I don't know how to describe it but yeah, yeah. unless you're in bright lights you yeah. can't think of slow I've always observed that yeah. and, and then again also the fact that he's 25 metres behind me yeah. there is you're always kind of fed in the brakes going around yeah. corners going up yeah. here because you're getting that kind of darkness yeah. for a no, second no, daylight makes a huge difference yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's hugely hugely yeah. important so like what would you um I don't know, like people might be sitting here thinking like you're mad or like, you know, having done such an event, but like, what, what would you say to people like who are possibly considering ultra or like, from where you were, I suppose, to like when you start cycling to get into ultras, what would you, what would you be your advice to people but like to kind of try it? Or, ultras are great, like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, 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 it's like Forrest Gump, you just keep on, you know, you just, you just keep on cycling and you're kind of, you're, all you're doing is, is competing against yourself and your own, your own head. You know what I mean? And there's, and there's no, like, I know from, uh, <coughs> like, a lot of my friends are triathletes and they're used to cycling on their own and they have a fear about 
bunch of cycling. So, you know, that's, there's no fear of that because you're, you're on your own. And the camaraderie as well with, with yeah. uh, endurance, like it's a small community yeah. and everybody knows everybody and it's lovely. And yeah. I mean, even in Montello, like it's, it's, you're chatting to people and it's quite social, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, 100% like, I mean, and, and like I'm 54, like there's no barriers. Age is not a barrier. It's not like, you know what I mean? Racing is, yeah. it's, it gets tougher as you get older, like, but, not with the endurance stuff, it kind of gets easier, I think, as you get older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, agree. So, um, I think we all want to know what did you do at the finish line? Did you go? What sort of local party did you have? <laughs> what did you but do? Everybody keeps asking, you know, well, what was it like at the finish line? But the problem was that there was a storm, and we didn't realise how bad it was until we stopped. So, like, so when I turned in that last bit it was just the, the, the tailwind that I had was suddenly a headwind and I'm going oh my god I'm going to have to walk the last 500 metres because I physically could hardly turn the pedals so I got up and literally the, when I got the bike the bike just flipped up and Pork grabbed me and grabbed the bike and somebody just pushed in the car quick photograph and you can even see it from the photograph but we could barely stand and we didn't realise really how windy it was until we actually stopped but you're so focused I'm yeah. just finishing yeah. and uh, we literally got in the car and uh, yeah I got into the car and there was just like rubbish and <laughs> wrappers and clothes everywhere I kind of just tried to find a spot for my legs and straight to the hotel and uh, yeah tried to get a bit of sleep which is impossible okay. so you didn't go to the disco yeah. no 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 it was 4 to 4 in the morning no we were we were in the bed by half 4 and you're kind of looking at the ceiling and kind of full of sugar and adrenaline and yeah. trying to sleep and it's not yeah. coming. Yeah. And the other two lads were... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it was a good... But I mean, I didn't mind lying there looking at the ceiling because yeah. it's, it's all finished and you're going, oh yeah. Because the mental preparation and the build-up, yeah. like, it's, it's exhausting. It is. Yeah. yeah. And actually the cycling part is easy. <laughs> really. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. So the first few days before I was kind of very tired. Yeah. So, look... Um, you may not you may have partied hard at the finish, yeah. but uh, I'm sure you did in the days after. And uh, all I can say is like I'm personally super super proud of you, and I know on behalf of Galway Bay we're Thanks so so proud Thank of you. you so and uh, it's an amazing achievement. Uh, I hope everyone here has gathered a bit of insight into Karen's training and preparation. And uh, I do hope you all take the time to congratulate her because um, it is a fantastic achievement and very well deserved every recognition you get. Club, we'd like to present you with a jersey uh, with the Mrs. Malin and your uh, record oh, time on it. So. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was fast. Thank you so much. Can I just say something that people might people are aware about Karen? So, like, it's so funny because I'm picking up to do ultras, but I'm not strong enough as Karen to keep going and going and going. Hey, did you and not start that raw half across Europe? <laughs> I stopped for points along the way. Karen, Karen. And what I heard, like, it's so lovely to have someone like Sean interviewing someone like Karen, and I think we're so lucky to have Karen in our club. 
both of them in our club. And as I suppose women trying to get out there and do these things, I just think I'm so lucky I can call Karen a friend. While she was doing all this training, she took on the Connacht Women's Cycling Team for three months in the middle of all her training. As she said, eight people never raced before in the cycling. So, like, this is phenomenal. She's training, she's trying to get her nutrition right. How many people break, get a Guinness World Record not being able to eat and crashing their bike the week before and falling on their shoulder? It is phenomenal. And in the middle of all that, it wasn't just about her achievement. She got those eight women over the finish line. They came second. She trained them. She met them every month. So there was just so much else. So just to give that as well, because it's not just about Karen and Karen's achievement. She's given so much to us in Connacht as women. And I just want to acknowledge that as well. Yeah. This has been a Salt Hill Media original podcast and production. This podcast is unfunded. To date, we have not even run ads that generate an income. At Salt Hill Media, we pride ourselves on spreading positivity in a world that we believe can do with it. If you like what it is that we do, then why not support us? You can do so by going to salthillmedia.com and buy us a coffee. Alternatively, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash the Ireland podcast. If you cannot afford to or would prefer not to make a donation, you can support us in other ways by encouraging family or friends to listen. Or you can leave a positive rating on your podcast player. And while you're in there, why not look up Salt Hill Media to see what other podcasts we are producing which may be of interest. Finally, you can follow us on your favourite social media channel. We appreciate all of your support. Thank you. Thank you.